So on Wednesday this this week, uh, Lisa and I and some friends of hers uh, went to see a movie <coughs> called Beautifully Broken. What? what called Beautifully Broken. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, you should go. <laughs> um, it is a story about uh, three families uh, during the time of the genocide in Rwanda between 1994 and 2004, I think. Two of the families are in Rwanda, and one is in the U.S. It's an amazing story about how God has a plan to heal whatever uh, brokenness we experience. And the amazing thing is that he brings just the right people together to do it, to accomplish his purposes. So... um, it wasn't advertised very well, <laughs> but it's, it's a, a, a wonderful story. And kind of relates to what I wanted to share today um, about how um, God is a God of completeness. He accomplishes what he set out to do. His plans for us are good, and he really does make all things new. All things. Um, as I've been reading the Bible in the past couple of years, um, the Lord has highlighted to me words like all and full and always and forever. You know, just just little words that make all the difference in some of the <laughs> scriptures, right? He really does make all things new, right? No exceptions, no, no part of it accepted. Um, but I wanted to start... Um, in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 9, uh, where the Apostle Paul compares the Christian life with running a race. Um, in verse 24, it says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we, an imperishable. So on the outside, you know, you cross the finish line in the race in a single day, accomplishing the goal of running a certain distance. But there's much preparation that happens before that event, right? And as you read this scripture, especially the second part of verse 25, you begin to understand Paul is not talking just about a race. He's talking about the work that God does within us to prepare us for that race. In our walk of faith, much of the work to finish the race is internal. It's in our minds and in our hearts where God does his greatest work. It is God completing our understanding of his purposes and his ways. It is God working in our hearts to bring us to the place of fully trusting him, of trusting his goodness, and acknowledging him in all of our ways. One of my favorite scriptures is Matthew 6.33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. What is all? All these things. You know, it's God's desire that we have all these things, all the things that we need, lacking for nothing. You know, for me, there are times 
I didn't fully trust God, but God brought me to a place in his mercy. He brings me to a place where I'm reliant on him and choosing not to work in my own strength, but choosing to rely fully on his. God's work is within us. We are called to walk by faith, not by our strength, not by our cleverness, or not by our insights, but by trusting in him. God's love is perfect. There is no part of us that his love doesn't change. God's redemption is complete. There isn't an area that it doesn't affect. And God's forgiveness is complete. There is no sin Jesus doesn't forgive. God's faithfulness is sure. There is no time he is not faithful, past, present, or future, or ever. In every time, in every place, for everyone, everywhere, God is faithful. It doesn't mean that we don't have to make an effort. You know, I can't say, well, I'm not going to study for that exam tomorrow, but I'm just putting my trust in God. <laughs> in fact, it's probably God's will that we make a considerable effort, a commitment, a training, a learning patience and self-discipline, like those runners running the race. But our trust isn't in our own works. It is in the Lord. God's love is complete. There is no part of us that he doesn't lovingly restore. God's healing is complete. He heals our whole heart, the whole man, the whole woman, to be who he made you to be. There is no healer like the Lord, our maker. He makes all things new, all things. There have been instances in my life where I assess the situation as well as my abilities and resources to fix it and promptly concluded the problems were too big, too complicated. And then the Lord does the unexpected. He provides. He accomplishes his purposes. But he doesn't stop there. He continues to bless us because his plans for us are good. The good work that he began, he is faithful to complete. Philippians 1.6 says, He who began a good work will be faithful to complete it. God knows us better than anyone. He knows that in your life, the best is yet to come, and the greatest things in your life are still in the making. Did you know that God wants to talk about your future? Because he knows what plans he has for you, the plans he's had from the beginning of time. Recently, I... I took a walk to talk with God about the past, the present, and the future. And I realized I've been focused too much on the past. I gave it too much influence, if you will. And when I wanted to talk with God about the future, I could sense that's what he wanted to focus on. You know, on my birthday every year, I pray and ask the Lord, Lord, what do you want to do in the next year? In me, through me? <coughs> and um, I, think, I think God wants us to ask those kinds of questions. <laughs> um, and I should do it more often. And in this season, I, I realized and this is really personal <laughs> but, uh, 
I, um, I realized that there were um, <clears throat> desires of my heart, hopes that I'd had, that I had left behind. I just figured that was too broken. God, God will bless me in other ways, but that was too broken. Those of you that know me a long time know that my, my parents were divorced um, before I was saved. And that was a painful, hurtful, and traumatic experience for me. And so when, it, when I never put it in these words, but I realized I figured I better not try any of that relationship and family stuff. Because the risk is too great. And I knew the devastation that could come from failure. But God said, no, we're going to restore Tim. Amen. Yes. And there will be no part that's left out. There's no part that's too broken. Here is Tim, the new man in Christ. And he didn't live off. He didn't leave off any part because it was too broken. Because that's not God. In fact, it's just like God to make that one of my greatest strengths. The part he restores the most. That is God. He had a plan to restore, to put the broken and shattered and dreams, smashed dreams back together. Like it was his design from the beginning. And he's brought me to the place where I've asked for that. Because that's how much he loves me. And that's how much he loves you, too. <laughs> um, God makes all things new. All things. So maybe some of you are that way, too. Maybe there's a part of you you hope for when you were young or a desire from the Lord that you wanted at some point in life, but you let it go after failure. You figured, well, that was too hard for God. No. God's redemption is complete. He makes all things new. But see, this is where I needed to have my understanding about God's grace and love completed, finished in me. It's like there was this picture he was drawing of who I am. And there were parts of it I, they were blurry, I couldn't see. But he knew from the beginning of time what was going to go there. And he's been drawing it in. And he's been drawing me closer to him to see that. I've been letting go of the idea that God couldn't make my dreams come true. That God wouldn't come through in the end. Because he always comes through. He really does have all our days in his hands. He really is in control. And if I trust him alone, 
I don't need to worry or be afraid. God is faithful even when we are not. God is faithful even when we don't understand. He will be faithful to complete the work he has begun, even when I'm so discouraged. God continues to bless us and encourage us until we get to the place where we want more and we ask him for more. And he is delighted when we do that. He is loving and faithful to bring us to the place of moving forward in his plan, a plan to give us a future and a hope, plans for our good, plans beyond our imagination. He will complete it. He will do it. And as I said at the beginning, the work of his restoration is complete. His desire is that we be lacking for nothing. Nothing is too difficult for God. Sometimes I can't figure it out, but God can. He can and he does, and he wants to bless us. He wants us to ask him to move those mountains. You know, the Bible says in Christ we are made righteous in right standing with God. So ask him for the impossible. I believe he wants us to. We were not made for the ordinary. Life in Christ is a life with his peace. The only true peace comes from God. But that doesn't mean life isn't an exciting journey filled with adventure. We have God's peace in the midst of the chaos. We have God's peace in a fallen, broken world that we live in. But our life should be exciting, an adventure, like the old Stephen Curtis Chapman song, Saddle up your horses. We've got a trail to blaze through the wild blue yonder of God's amazing grace. Let's follow our leader, the Lord, into the glorious unknown. It's a life like, like no other. This is the great adventure. And in Crossway, we have a shirt that says, this changes everything. God changes everything. God makes all the difference. God's love is like no other. He makes all things new. Every part of your life, every corner of your heart, God's love delivers, it overcomes. It saves us from the curse of sin. His grace restores dreams from the ashes. His redeeming power is great. Nothing can separate us from his love. Romans 8.38 says, For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ our Lord. His love doesn't stop. It doesn't end. Not when we're old. Not when we die. Not when we sin. Not when we feel like we're ugly. Not when we're full of condemnation from our past his love doesn't stop not when we fail or disappoint not when we forget not when we don't understand not when we're tired God's love doesn't get tired think about how God made you in Psalm 139 13 starts out says for you formed my inward parts you knitted me together in my mother's womb I praise you For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. You know, there it says woven with many colors, with fine like embroidery. You know, woven, intricately woven. 
Your eyes saw my unformed substance, in your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. So before there were any days, God knew all of our days. And verse 17 says, How precious and weighty also are your thoughts to me. O God, how vast is the sum of them. And the word vast there means uncountable. God has uncountable thoughts to me. Sounds like God's design is tremendous. Like his plans are amazing. And they are. Jeremiah 29.1 For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare, not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. Think about how God made you. I, I love the theme in Crosswave this year. I am who I am, says I am. Mm-hmm. We need to know who God says we are. It's amazing. Um, you know, Paul in Philippians 3, um, starting in verse 13, he says, Do not consider that I have made it my own but one thing I do forgetting what lies behind straining forward to what lies ahead I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus we press on our past does not define us our failures do not define us I am says who I am and that's what matters God says he made you wonderfully Intricately woven in the depths of the earth, woven with many colors, like a fine detailed embroidery. And he has determined all of our days with plans for our good, giving us a future and a hope. So often we don't press on because things of our past, we think those change our future. Yes, these things happen, but they don't define us. Maybe someone told you you would never succeed. Maybe someone said you were defective or you were ugly. Or maybe you were abused and you decided, well, I must be worthless. Otherwise, why would people treat me this way? Yes, these things happen, but they don't define us. Or maybe science says you you can't be cured. God is not limited by these things. He is beyond time beyond science, beyond twisted lies from your past. Anything is possible with God, and God makes all things new. So often we don't dream of our future because our past, we think that it's altered us in some way. Read the word of God. Know who you are. He made us. He defines us. He knows us. He knows what we are capable of because he created us. He knows the capacity we have because he gave it to us. And he loves us. God gave me an image, if you will. It's like God is a shipbuilder. And I'm a big sailing ship with three large masts and full sails designed to catch the wind of the Spirit and travel fast and far. And God has been restoring me, getting me seaworthy, Patching the leaks, giving me a new mast, and replacing the torn sails and all the broken boards in the hull. (coughs) But I've just been circling in the harbor where it's safe, going from one side to the other, 
<laughs> in some ways, this is how I've been. When God's saying, it's time to leave the harbor, go on an adventure <coughs> where the wind of my spirit takes you to a place I will show you. <clears throat> I will be with you as I always have. I have plans to go places and see things and do great things that are beyond your imagination. Don't stay in the harbor. Choose to trust me. Go on an adventure. See that I am faithful to get you there. Has God been restoring you? Is there something or some part of you that you're not sure if God's going to get around to restoring? A dream he hasn't fulfilled. If you're circling the harbor, God is leading us to a place we've never been. And I think that's the way God made us. He made us to journey, to go out and, and do great things. Yes, we have his peace in the midst of them. He promises us that. But he wants us to go into uncharted territory, places that are not on the map, places we've never been before. And often these are more than just an address, right? There's a place in our hearts, there's a place in our, our, our minds that that um, God is wanting to lead us. You know, God called Noah to build an ark and it never rained like it was going to rain. And apparently, God, Noah had all the skills and resources to do it. And Noah, Noah went to a place he'd never been before, Genesis chapter 6. God called Abraham <coughs> To go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. Genesis chapter 12. He called Abram to leave the familiar, to take a leap of faith. To go somewhere he'd never been before. But a lot of the work that God was doing was, was inside these, these men, right? There were, there were, yes, there was a place they went, but much of God's work is, is internal. It's not just an address that God is calling us to. And to make this journey, we have to have faith. Um, regardless of where he leads, every step to uncharted territory requires faith. If you think about it, we don't need faith to do things that we already can do. Faith is the evidence of things not seen, Hebrews 11 tells us. Faith is stepping into uncharted territory and knowing God will see you through no matter how scared you feel. God didn't create us to cower and run away. He made us to journey. <coughs> and sometimes we feel like God gets us in over our heads. If we look at uh, 2 Corinthians 1, Paul says, after experiencing much affliction in Asia, he says, indeed, we felt that we received the sentence of death. But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. You know, earlier in that chapter, he talks about the afflictions that they had, the, the uh, sufferings that they'd had. But he describes God, the God of all comfort. In verse 8, it says, For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia, for we were utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we received the sentence of death, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, 
but on God who raises the dead. Then it says, He delivered us from the deadly peril, and He will deliver us. On Him we have set our hope that we will that He will deliver us again. You must help us by prayer, so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessings granted us through the prayers of many. I'm reading a book called Never Settle for Normal. The author makes this statement. It says, if we don't sometimes feel like we're in over our heads, it may be that we're not following Jesus where he calls. So, I believe that God calls us to go where we've never been before. But he will be with us, and he makes all things new. God is always and only doing good to us. God is writing a beautiful story of your life from beginning to end and in between. It's beautiful. It's not good at the beginning and boring at the end. God knows what's best for us, and he's not done yet. Trust that God is orchestrating everything for our good. God is custom-making everything good like he said he would. You know, Psalm 66 ends with, Come and hear all who fear God. Let me tell you what he has done for me. I cried out to him with my mouth. His praise was on my tongue. If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But God has surely listened and has heard my prayer. Praise be to God who has not rejected my prayer or withheld his love from me. You know, Jesus said in John 10.10, I have come that they may have life and they have that more abundantly. And the word abundant there means exceedingly, very high, beyond measure, a quantity so abundant as to be considerably more than what one would expect or anticipate. That is abundant. That is the life that he came that we might have. Jesus promises a life far better than we could ever imagine. You know, 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. The Apostle Paul tells us God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. God often leads us to a place we've never been, but it's a place full of hope. And that's what a shepherd does. The Lord is our shepherd. And I thought I would close with Psalm 23, which I've spoken about before. Um, But it says, you know, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Who is the Lord? Jesus is the Lord. He is enough. And he is my shepherd. We are his. He is my shepherd. I shall not want. You know, there it says in the Hebrew, nothing will be missing. We will not want for anything. And the word my there indicates our relationship with the shepherd. Who is the Lord? Yahweh is the Lord. Our protector, our provider. He is the Lord, our redeemer. He makes us lie down in green pastures. He leads us beside still waters. He restores our soul. 
Nothing else. Jesus. No one else. He leads us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Here it switches from he to you, because it's more personal. Um, But God is always with us. Jesus, our shepherd, is in the business of leading and bringing us to the place of rest, right in the midst of the problem. He leads us through, past the dangers, seen and unseen. And the psalm continues, Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all all the days of my life. You know, his rod is to protect us. His staff is to guide us. He, He says, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And God has promised never to leave us. Never, ever. His goodness and kindness will follow us. The word there for <clears throat> shall follow me uh, implies to chase, to come after us, to pursue us with his blessings. And it ends with, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He's not just a good shepherd. He's a great shepherd. He is utterly trustworthy. And no eye has seen and no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. He is loving and faithful to bring us to the place of moving forward with his plans, a plan to give us a future and a hope, plans for our good, plans beyond our imagination. And he will complete it just as he said he would. As he said, or as I said in the beginning, his work of restoration is complete. His desire is for us to be lacking for nothing. Nothing is too difficult for God. Sometimes I can't figure it out, but God can. He can and he does. He wants us to ask him to move those mountains. So ask him for the impossible. I believe he wants us to. So in conclusion, run the race with endurance. The prize is imperishable. God's work within us, the good work he began, he is faithful to complete. He is a God of completeness. Press in. Don't settle for the ordinary. God made you wonderfully for more than that. The Lord is our shepherd, our provider, our protector. His desire is that we would be lacking for nothing. He leads us to places we've never been. I'd like us to to pray (laughs) in closing. Lord, we trust in you to do what we cannot do. Lord, we trust you for the adversities that we're facing right now, right now. Lord, we trust you to break through in your way and in your time. Thank you for making us wonderfully unique and building us in a special way. No eye has seen and no ear has heard the plans you have prepared for us, plans for our good. Lord, may we not rely on our own strength, 
but choose to rely on yours. May we not make our own plans, but show us your plan for this day and our future. All that we have is yours, and you are our one desire. Lead us, and may we follow with childlike faith. Be our good and great shepherd. In Jesus' name. Yeah.